Hello and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Womax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. So we are on to episode 18 of season 1, which is Miracle Man. Um, this episode opens up in Tennessee with a firefighter dealing with some sort of fire disaster and a preacher and his son walk over to a corpse and they just unzip it. You know, never mind, this. It's, they've got into the police line and walked up to a dead body that's been body bagged. They managed to unzip it and molest this body. Um, molest it. <laughs> it's a bit of a strong word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the kid starts stroking the arm and chanting at it, telling it to rise, rise, come back to the light, rise. Um, and wouldn't you believe it? The hand moves and grabs a hold of the boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of the opening scene, Brian? Molestation apart. <laughs> it, it, it's it's uh, yeah, it's decent enough. It sets up some intrigue. Um, I always <laughs> my butt cheeks always clench up as soon as we get like preacher God um, miracle stuff kind of happening mm. because obviously as a Christian I'm always a bit worried about where they're going to go with it um, mm-hmm. you know where, where they're going to take it because more often than not uh, Christians in movies and TV shows are one of two types they're either your Ned Flanders goody two shoes kind of folk um, or they're absolute wackos Cult, cult types who, yeah, um, kind of. Are there more? Are there any <laughs> other cases? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, there are quite plenty of normal, uh, just everyday kind of Christian people out there. Uh, myself being one of them. Uh, but yeah, it just it it doesn't strikes a nerve. It strikes a yeah. nerve, yeah, because you know it's. It's it's like it's it's like having every single black person in cinema talk like what that is whack yo you know it's like I'm sorry that's, Brian. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that is the whitest thing you've ever said that is no but it's true there's a reason that in scary movie you know the Wayans pointed that out that in 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 nearly yeah. every horror movie at that time when that film was made. You would have the token black guy, and and they talk like that, and it's just like, I I find the representations of Christians in movies and TV shows almost as offensive, as as I find representations of black people like that in movies. It's just, you you need a broader spectrum, you know. You can't mm-hmm. you can't make us all out to be either wackos or Ned Flanders. Right, the old neighbour, you know. So, this opening scene, I think, 
it's supposed to highlight a mystery, but instantly you're like a faith healer who can actually heal people. It doesn't really feel as if there's any great plausible mystery to go with this one. And I think we actually find out it kind of almost turns into a Murder, She Wrote episode. Oh, yeah. Later on. Yeah. Um, so we we get the theme in the intro and we move on to uh, Reverend Calvin, who is doing a sermon, or so I thought anyway, but then it turns to be just being a video of Mulder mm-hmm. and Scully yeah. watching the preacher and they tell you about his adopted son who he found in the reeds, uh, abandoned. Yeah, so pa- clear parallels to Moses there. For, yeah. 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 Uh... Even I got that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm fairly ignorant. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like... <laughs> um, so the local authorities seem to think it's a scam. Uh, the tape continues and the, the preacher proceeds to preach while the boy holds a woman and, and, and says something to her. And it turns out the woman dies later on. Mm-hmm. And kind of Scully's reiterating the story, but it already seems like Mulder knows all the facts of this. He's run across this before, yeah. and he seems very eager to get going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he, he, he obviously knows this guy, this preacher who adopted... Um, this 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 boy Samuel this this healer, um, and yeah, he has a reputation, um, mm-hmm. not least of which because the sheriff of the town really doesn't like the guy, sees him as a fake. Yes, yeah. So Mulder and Scully actually go to the preacher's show. Uh, Samuel can't be there at the time after uh, you know getting everybody in and getting the money off them. Tell him Samuel can't be there. Mm. The picture really sort of builds the mystery and the sort of workings and the miracles of Samuel and what he's accomplished. He puts on quite a show. Um, so he's, yes, he, he definitely does, he, as most of these people generally do. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically bigging up Samuel. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Mulder makes a derogatory joke about Elvis. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which it, it does feel, it feels kind of like, not so much like a, a religious ceremony, but more like a show. Yeah. Um, there to entertain. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mulder and Scully have a conversation with the, the Reverend Calvin and he says that Samuel's been a little bit off recently. And then he jumps into the car followed by a man who doesn't look quite right, mm-hmm. shall we say. Yeah. You, know, you, don't, you don't get a, a really good image of him straight away, um, or I didn't anyway. Yeah. He's got pasty white skin. Yeah, he yeah. Looks, he he yeah. looks very painted, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think it, just... it, it becomes apparent pretty soon that he's he's clearly the burn victim from the opening of the episode. Oh, the guy at the start that was yeah. molested, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> the molestee. <laughs> the so just after the car speeds away, Mulder and Scully meet the sheriff of the town. Well, basically, and... in that in that scene prior, they they asked the preacher if they could speak to Samuel, and the preacher says that actually Samuel has been missing for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. He's, he's basically just yeah. done a runner and not shown his face since. Yeah, and the, the, the sheriff is there with a copy of the coroner's report. Scully says that there has been no autopsy done in any of the people that have died, mm-hmm. and they'll just have the bodies exhumed. Yeah, yeah. because the, the woman, it, like, we need to... Point out that the woman we saw in the tape who died after Samuel prayed for her, she isn't the first. There's been there's been a few yeah. that, that have died, and no autopsy has been performed. Mm-hmm. So, 
As per usual, we get an exhumation at night. <laughs> Which I, I just, I love the idea of just doing it at night. Um, and then you have uh, pretty much like a cult turns up of the, yeah. the Reverend Calvin, led by Leonard, yeah. uh, the man who was burnt severely at the opening scene. Yeah. And much to my surprise, they just kind of say that they're going to make sure that they don't exhume the body. And everybody just kind of goes and shrugs their shoulders and goes, oh, well, nothing we can do here. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on, literally. Like, somebody's just like, uh, Samuel's car's been spotted downtown. They're like, ah, let's go do that instead. Mm. They're there with like industrial lights and digging machines yeah. and everything. And they just go like, you know what? We'll do it later. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're there to protest on religious grounds. And uh, yeah, I think uh, obviously that... <sighs> Yeah, there's a whole minefield, I guess, when... Yeah, they're there to protest on religious grounds, but they're really they're there to be creepy as all hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and give, like, a, a suspect that something's not quite right here. They, they basically yeah. look like the cult that was in the previous episode. Um, gender Bender? Gender Bender, that's the one. Um, which goes back to my earlier point, which is that whenever you have these religious... Types in in a, in, a, in a TV show, particularly one like this, that they tend to be made out to be complete whack jobs or cults, mm-hmm. like David Koresh kind of level cults. Yeah. Um, so, so we turn up to the bar where Samuel has been in a bar fight, uh, and the sheriff is just adamant that he is a murderer. They just don't know how he's done it as yet. Uh, but Scully and Mulder. Talk to Samuel, who thinks his gift has been corrupted. Uh, Scully says Mulder, or, or Samuel says that Mulder is in pain and brings forth the idea of his sister. And it's as if uh, Samuel knows about Mulder's past. Mm-hmm. And um, this really strikes a nerve with uh, Mulder, obviously. Yeah. Um, when Sheriff Daniels was kind of berating Samuel and stuff, Mulder actually goes some way to defending Samuel, essentially saying yeah. that just because they put on their shows and rake in the money, it doesn't make them killers. Um, mm. So even though Mulder can make a few wisecracks about Elvis and whatnot, at the end of the day, he, he still has a level head when it comes to these people. He's, he's not just going to throw the book at them um, for no reason. He needs evidence. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, so we we get to, yeah, the scene in the bar. So... Basically, Samuel... Uh, I think that scene you just said there happens in the bar. No, no, it happened um, when uh, when Sheriff Daniels gives comes and tells them about the uh, the woman and Scully says that there's, there's been no autopsy done on these, these oh, people. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and then he says, yeah, well, they're, they're a bunch of religious nuts and, you know, like this, that and the other. And <clears throat> But... Um, so yeah, um, so Mulder and Scully talk to Samuel in the bar, and, th- and the thing here that I guess is a little surprising is that Scully doubts him. Uh, well, well, she, 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 yeah, she's the one in this episode who really doesn't really like buy into anything that Samuel is doing, <clears throat> and she says that she doubts him, but not God. Uh, but there are times during this episode when there are, there are certain things that she says 
that from a Christian perspective, from, from my kind of outlook, they don't really sit that well with me. It, it's almost mm-hmm. like she's a sitting-on-the-fence kind of believer. Like, she says she doesn't doubt God, but then she talks about science almost in, in this in this way as if it's... Yeah, it, it's just... It's muddled. Um, if, if, we, if we carry on... Don't just zip off. Let's stick with this scene a sec. Because um, this, this is a pretty... It is a pretty meaty scene. Because this is where cards get laid out on the table, essentially. You know? Because um, yeah. Samuel basically does this mind trick on... Uh, on uh, He messes with Mulder's head, basically, mm-hmm. by calling out the fact that he knows... He's got this pain, this pain about losing a sister, um, which obviously, you know, that that's like a trigger word for Mulder. That's it. Boom. He's he's in. Um, mm. But Scully, obviously, is, is very sceptical in this, although she, she does come at it from an angle of someone who believes in God. So, as I, you know, as I said, she, she says that she, she believe, believes in God, but not in Samuel. Like, she doesn't really have the faith in Samuel. Um, and then there's something I find quite interesting that Samuel says to Mulder. Uh, he, he tells him about his pain and his sister, and then he says, open your heart, he might just open yours. Uh, God watches over his flock, he gives us signs every day. Open your heart and he might just open yours. And I feel like, essentially, that is the theme of the episode. It's, um... No ma- despite everything we're going to see, whether these guys are weird, wacky cult members, or whether they're proper doubters, or you know, rational thinkers, or, or what, the I think the the overriding message of this, and we'll see it when we get to the final moments with the sheriff and his wife, is that actually, if you're not looking, you're not going to see it. Mm-hmm. And faith, uh, belief, well, well, yeah, faith begins with that that decision to believe, the choice to believe. You have to choose to believe first before you can see the results of that faith kind of thing. Uh, that's that's kind of what I feel like the episode is about, so to speak. Right. It's always interesting to get to something that touches on religious uh, uh, yeah. motifs because you, you seem to read a lot more into it than, than I generally do. Well, well, well yeah, I just, I just think it's... Um, but that's understandable. Yeah, r- I mean, it's a meaty scene. Um, and I, I think... Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure on um, Chris Carter's faith... Um, but I know that he has one, you know. I in these special features on on one of the movies, Frank Spotnitz, who's like the, the other big producer on the show. When they were doing that second film, Chris Carter wanted it to be this film all about faith and stuff, and it, and it still is. But Frank Spotnitz is like, look, Carter believes in all that stuff. I don't, so I didn't want this film to be some kind of religious thing uh, so I, I want you know so Spotnitz basically toned it down a bit mm. so there, there was always this thing between them that 
somewhere the the the, the, the X Files film or, or whatever episode they're they're making at that time ends up finding a middle ground between those two opposing opinions. So I, I look at this episode and I think how much, bearing in mind Chris Carter wrote this one, how much of his faith is coming through in this episode? And I feel like what he's trying to say here is that actually you, you don't... You don't have a faith because you're not willing to open your eyes and and see what is right in front of you. I guess um, is is what I think he's trying to say here. Um, that you you first have to open your heart before God can open your eyes. Okay, so we'll move on to the courthouse <laughs> scene where the lawyer is arguing fervently for uh, Samuel's freedom, and Samuel actually argues against it. And just as the bail is getting set, there is a swarm of locusts in the courthouse. Mm. Is it is there is it just me who thinks that Samuel looks like um oh what was the name of that actor? Taylor Kitsch. Right. Uh, yeah, I can see that. He kinda of, he really reminded me of Taylor Kitsch, but um but yeah, yeah, locusts, you know? Mm-hmm. We've we've done the uh, the reference to the Moses basket. Why not? continue that further and, and have the uh, seven plagues of Egypt unleashed on a courtroom. Yeah. And then you have actually Mulder quoting it mm-hmm. from the Bible directly. And Scully asks, what's next? You know, the firstborn <laughs> males to be. I, I actually okay. love her response when she says, 2,000 grasshoppers don't exactly constitute a plague, Mulder. And Scully is rational as usual. She questions Mulder and asks... Uh, if he's been affected because he brought up the sister. Mm. And Mulder just kind of sidesteps that question completely and moves on to these files that he's got of Samuel that prove, or in his mind, prove that he's been able to heal certain people. It's like Mulder theorises that it's... Because he's trying to do the scully on him. He's rationalising it. He's saying it's all about the electromagnetic field of the body and he's altering that, which is helping to cure these people. And he's saying, so if he, if he can use that energy to cure people, then there's mm. a good chance he could also use it to kill them. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then there's a knock at the door, and Leonard is there, and he tells him that they've been invited to meet the Reverend. Mm. Yeah, how lucky yeah. they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hartley thinks that Daniel is... Uh, sorry, um... Daniels? Yeah, Sheriff. Yeah, so uh, Hartley thinks that Sheriff Daniels is setting the boy up and he asks mm. them to come up to the the, uh, the ministry tonight and see Samuel do his healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's, yeah. it's very... Um, what would you make of this character, this Hartley guy? The... The, the, the Reverend. Is that the, the Reverend? He is very sleazy and... Um, I think manipulative. I think in his whole... I think what he says is one thing. His whole nature is something completely different. He's speaking the words of God, but he's doing it in a sort of showmanship type of way. He's yeah. trying to draw people in. His lifestyle is not one of your um, general preacher type that I think of. You know, when I, when I think of a, a reverend or somebody, I don't think of luxury, mm-hmm. uh, multiple cars, jewellery, yeah. an entourage... I think of somebody a little bit more down to earth, someone that it, it gives a little bit more yeah. rather than takes. Yeah. Um, 
that's my opinion. Yeah, he's he's made a business out of Samuel, hasn't he? And uh, yeah. you kind of feel like the two of them are opposites. So you've got Samuel, who's very much kind of led by his faith. He he kind of beats himself up a bit because he thinks that for some reason God is punishing him for for his lack of mm-hmm. faith, which in itself is a, a really warped theology, I think. Um, but yeah, the, this guy Hartley also really warped theology at times. Just some of the things he says, some of the things he comes out with, you're just like, mm. dude, check yourself. Um, yeah, and, and then during this conversation, Mulder happens to look out the window and sees a, a little girl in a red dress. Yeah, who, who immediately you think is supposed to represent his sister. Mm. He runs out of the house, and obviously there's no girl there. Mm. It's all in his head. Well, to be honest, she looked like one of the Eve clones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got a drink for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he tells Scully straight away, which again reinforces the fact that he's he's not hiding these things. He's quite open and free with her. Yeah. You know, I, I saw a girl. Mm. And he also sees Samuel at the window as well, yeah. looking down at him. Uh, it, it, what do you think about this element here? Because I know in the past, uh, particularly going back to the episode Conduit, when we, I think we both agreed really that the uh, Mulder's sister was being used in a, in a rather kind of heavy-handed way. I kind of feel that with this episode, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a hangover from Conduit. Every mm. time we say the word sister, I get oh, yeah, anymore. But I, I like the fact that he's having these kind of visions over. I don't think they're played out as well as they could have been, but I like that aspect more than the fact of people constantly, you know, saying it to him. Mm. Oh, sister, sister, sister. Yeah. I to, to, for me, I think it was enough to have Samuel in the bar say, you know, I, I sent you pain. You've lost a sister. Leave it there, but they, when they, when they start showing us these glimpses of Samantha, I I think it's just yeah, really heavy-handed. It takes me right back to Conduit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that wasn't a, a good sh- episode mm. at all. Um, so we get to the preacher's show, and we have a young girl in our family who are eager to be seen. And Leonard talks to them, says, "Why don't we see if we can get you a seat down the front row?" Mm. Um, and then we see Samuel kind of saying to the Reverend that he doesn't want to go on, he doesn't feel good, things haven't been going as well as they should have, people have been dying, you know, he's really reluctant to go on. Um, but his, his uh, father pushes him and he reluctantly does go on to the stage. Yeah, and, and it's it's this thing that Hartley says to Samuel to get him to go on stage is just one of the things I'm talking about with bad theology. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to turn this episode into a Bible study, but this guy's a preacher, you know, and it's like if, you, if you're going to convey a preacher in, in, your, uh, in your film or in your TV show, at least make it appear as though he's got some biblical knowledge. Um, and it's, it's just like this thing that he says about a preacher's gift is nothing compared to the, the Samuel's healing gift and... There's a lot of stuff in, 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 like in the New Testament about gifts and that, and about not placing emphasis on certain ones and things because they're all God given at the end of the day. And it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, he he's underestimating the power of of a preacher to actually reach people as well, you know. And and 
spread the word. But again, that's just a load of, kind of you know, Christian stuff that you probably don't want to get into. But it's just, yeah, it's hard. I'm I'm struggling with this episode because as we go through it, all I'm seeing is church people or a a a, uh, a particular interpretation of church people and it's not one that I prescribe to personally um, it's, it's not one that I enjoy watching I gotta say so um, it, it's showtime and the preacher is introducing a uh, Leonard the, the burn victim from the star and Mulder sees a little girl across the room so Mulder starts to go looking for her as Samuel comes out and, and even though he's reluctant to do what he does he comes out and he, he's very compassionate with the people he seems comfortable in front of them they seem to like him and he, so he slips into uh, a sort of compassionate role um, and that's when he, he, so he touches the girl Margaret and she starts to have a reaction she you know starts to convulse and Scully makes her way down there being the, uh, a doctor mm. and it's too late the, the girl's already dead yeah. and uh, Mulder turns up just at the end just to sort of see the aftermath. Yeah. Which you, you, you've got to see as well. Um, knowing the outlay of the plot of this episode and knowing what's to come, it seems very, very lucky that the poison was in her system. Just enough time to judge exactly that when she was <laughs> going to touch her, she was going to go into these convulsions because yeah. it is literally just a momentary after he touches her. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an expert person in these chemicals, really. Yeah, it, it's it's really stretching it a bit. I think mm. um, it's, it's yeah, it's it's not it's just not well plotted. I don't think. It... No, it, it seems a bit too convenient. That, that that's exactly when she's going to start to convulse mm. from having this ingested poison. I'm assuming yeah. that's what we find out later on. Um. So Leonard yet again organises another vigil to make sure the girl does not get an autopsy. But Scully convinces the father to, to have a, a talk with the mother and together come together and agree to have the body autopsied. Yeah. There's a, a nice exchange between Mulder and Scully as well, in which uh, Scully says, God never lets the devil steal the show. And Mulder yes. says, you must be a really big fan of The Exorcist. And she's like, it's my favourite yeah. film, actually. <laughs> <laughs> And then just after that, um, the father comes back and they've agreed to the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, you have the next scene, which is Scully doing the autopsy. And he, <laughs> she asks Mulder to well, take a look at something, and his response is just, do I have to? Yeah, I mean, there's just... Again, there's, there's, another, ex- there's another line of dialogue from Scully as well, which... This is actually the line, I think. When, when I... When I told you to scrap the thing before, I, I couldn't think of the example, but it's um, it's just how Scully says that she's a believer and whatnot, but then she comes mm-hmm. out with this line where she says, don't discount the power of suggestion, um, talking about the girl Mulder keeps seeing. Imagine a miracle and you're halfway there. And it's, it's almost like, you know what I mean? It's, it's like... Coming from someone who should believe in miracles because she believes in God, you know she's she's the Catholic, she's the one who who's a, who's a believer in on that front. She's almost saying, 
to me in 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 that line of dialogue that actually the 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 power of the mind half the time creates the miracles if you if you believe it then you then you know, if you believe it hard enough it's going to happen that's kind of what it feels like um but i guess in one way you could relate this back to the line of dialogue we had from samuel earlier in which he says um what was the line when he said uh allow allow uh, open your heart and then maybe god will open your eyes so it's i guess it could be a kind of variation on that line which is that scully is saying um ima- you know if you imagine a miracle i.e. if you open your heart then you're halfway there i.e. god will open your eyes but i don't know it just it feels like a bit more of a pessimistic way of saying that or a humanistic way of saying that. I, I, do, do, do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it just feels to me like, considering she's the one who believes in God, she seems a little bit too sceptical with regards to where the source of a miracle comes from. I can see your point. It wasn't something that I, I see while watching the episode. Mm. But I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, so, after the autopsy... Um, Scully discovers that it's arsenic poison or something similar to that and in jail Mulder goes and tells Samuel that he's going to be freed in the morning he didn't do anything, it's not his fault but Samuel already seems intent on making and punishing himself of everything. Mm. he feels very guilty about what has happened he feels that he has had some input on what's happened to these people yeah um, and then it gets, uh, I did notice this this scene here when he, when Mulder's talking to um, Samuel. I felt it got a little bit sinister almost at the end. Mm. Um, you know when when Samuel's talking about the, the devil's tricks yeah. and things like that. It just, it just it just a little bit of a, a an unease crept in, like you know what's actually happening here. No, it does, and it to me that's again one of the things that I don't like about it because. It, it it feels like his character has changed. It feels like Sam, Samuel isn't the guy from previous scenes because, I mean, Mulder asks about his sister and Samuel messes with him, which doesn't seem in keeping with someone who seems genuinely concerned with acting in God's will. Because so mm. far, we you know, when he's talked about what's been going on, he feels he's been punished because of a lack of faith. You know, he's really taken that to heart. So this isn't someone Mm. like Hartley who's just out to make a book. This is someone whose faith is actually very important to him. He kind of uses it to direct his life. He's quite willing to go to prison because he feels he's at fault somehow. So to have this kind of off-handed, as you say, sinister comment towards Mulder... It doesn't really ring true for me personally for that character. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I'm good. Um, and, and after that, so he, Mulder has a run in with the sheriff who is adamant that Samuel is guilty mm. of these murders. Yeah, but Mulder says that he's going to be free in the morning. He didn't do anything, you know, it's, it's evidence will prove that. Mm-hmm. And then you have this really weird scene of an officer letting two people into the cell to beat up Samuel. Yeah. Again, just 
what is the thinking behind this? Because, I mean, we later learn that the, these people are supposedly a couple of drunks that they picked up, mm. um, and they got in a bit, a bit, a bit of a fight, and ended up beating this guy to death, essentially. But yeah. mm. presumably, these guys have been paid to do it. At no amount of money could make these guys go through with this, surely, because mm. they have to be logged, you know? They're, they're being put in the cell, they've been arrested. Um, mm. the, uh, it's traceable, is what I'm saying. It's, it's ridiculously yeah. traceable. It's like, why would you put yourself in a situation where you've clearly killed a man... Like it doesn't. It wouldn't even matter if you were getting paid for it because mm -hmm. it it makes no sense to me at all. It's a really, really stupid scene. <laughs> yeah, that is that. And then we have the sheriff's home, and the officer turns up to tell him that Samuel is dead. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the prison, and the, and the reverend sort of challenges the sheriff and, and blames him for the death of his son or his. Uh, Golden calf. Yeah. And this is when Mulder and Scully go back to the courthouse. <laughs> They're kind of looking. They've decided that now they better look for where the locusts came from. Yeah, yeah, What exactly. You took the question right from my lips. It's like, why are they only just investigating this now? Right, and I've got to say, this is awesome. <laughs> A trailer the potato. potato. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. It's I literally like a, a little trail of potatoes, one following yeah. another down the shaft. But they, they, they didn't seem particularly small cut either. It seemed no. fairly large, and they seemed fairly untouched. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. awesome. I don't have words for it, Brian, to explain it, but uh, the potatoes were great. Um, so in the Reverend's house, there's a lightning storm, and Leonard is uh, stirring in his bed, and he opens his eyes to see the ghost of Samuel, who asks him why he set him up. I don't think this came as a surprise to me uh, Leonard was behind all this I don't know about yourself No, no, no It's, it's signposted so much Yes um, I mean, the, the, the fact that We have the opening scene You know, which In which we see This guy Being brought back from the dead They've placed so much emphasis On it that it has to come back at some point. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. they'd if they'd just done it a bit more subtly, like when we first were introduced to him, a few quick comments. Oh yeah, he you know he he brought me back. I was on the brink mm -hmm. of of death. You know, I'd I'd been burnt, and he brought me back. Boom, move on. But because we mm -hmm. see that as the opening, as the thing that kicks off the episode. And then, and then we're reintroduced to this guy when he's older. That's always there. It's always kind of just... And, and you're looking at what he's doing. Like when he... You know, when he's, he's the first one to greet that woman at the door who ends up having the seizure in the wheelchair. So, it should, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's really signposted. Yeah. Um, and, and somebody surmises that he, he's ingested cyanide. But before he dies, unlike Margaret, who we've seen earlier on... <laughs> Oh, it dies almost instantaneously. <laughs> this guy's got enough time to say, lay out what's happened. Yeah. He's seen the ghost of Samuel and 
why he he set up the church to fail or this religious sect to fail. It's like you said before. It literally plays like an episode of Murder She Wrote. It's it's a yeah. it's a murder mystery, but there's not much mystery. Mm. Um, yeah. So it goes back to Scully writing up a report, pretty much summing up the conclusions of the court, and it kind of jumps to um, Mulder, who's packing up when the phone rings. And he quickly turns up at Scully's door and tells him that Samuel's body has gone missing from the morgue. Yeah. This is this is as she's writing her report. Yeah. Um, in which she uh, is very dismissive of the of the possibility that miracles were happening in Kenwood, I believe the town is called. Yeah. I mean she she flat out says it's pretty evident no miracles have been happening here in Kenwood, um, which is uh, <laughs> um, quite offensive, I guess, to many uh, believers. And I don't mean it even just in in, in uh, that group of that, that mm. particular ministry, but all the other churches that must be around there who probably do believe in miracles and maybe feel that they've seen them. But, yeah, Scully in one dismissive comment just gets rid of all that. But hey-ho. Yeah. And then you have him sort of interviewing the nurse um, at the morgue who just said that she she saw Samuel walking out of the building. Yeah. Um, and and Scully literally rolls her eyes as she's telling this story. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. She's yeah, just sitting yeah, in the background yeah. just... Yeah. As much as she can. And, and, and then we have a, a nice scene that I quite liked when the sheriff goes home and his wife just pretty much has a, a go at him. Like, it, it, was, it was a scam. He was a fake, wasn't he? Yeah, and and again, this this plays. See, this is like the only thing I think the episode does well is that it sets up that idea which I first talked about in that bar scene with, um, you know, you, you have to you have to open your heart before God will open your eyes, and because the sheriff's heart wasn't open, he he never saw miracles. All he saw was mm. a fake. All he saw was a fraud. And as a result of that, it it's possibly cost him his wife's illness. Or, or, yeah, yeah, the cure. That's it. Um, and and you see you see that in her. So you know she's saying, "Are you serious right now? You, you te- this guy could have possibly been the real deal. And all this time, you've led me to believe he's a fake." So. Yeah, it's this whole idea that of, of you know like what is faith, and mm-hmm. it starts with this. This it starts with a decision. You got to choose to believe before before you you gain faith, so to speak. Um, but yeah. So then you get a, a sort of knock at the door, and it's the sheriff's kind of come up, and you know he's, he's the DA wants to speak to him about yeah. what happened to Samuel. Yeah. Um, and then you have Mulder and Scully just wrapping up about the case. Mulder actually says. You know, it's, they wanted to see what they saw, um, uh, you know, about miracles and things like that. And then he sees the reflection of his sister yeah. in the car. And, and this, I thought, yes, he's just going to turn and walk away. He's not even going to look. But no, he turns around and <laughs> sees what he's going to do. Yeah, he says, I think people want so hard to believe in miracles that they see what they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, which... and that juxtaposed with the, the image of his sister. Yeah, would be really good if he just walked away and didn't look. Yeah. 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 Um, but I feel they steal the power from that scene by having him turn round and seeing the ladders or whatever it was that was red. 
Yeah, definitely. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. That the right way to go with that moment would have been, especially after that line of dialogue, see mm. the sister, get in the car, don't even yeah. look back. Um, but there's, there's you know there's two opposing kind of sides going on in this episode, which is open your heart, God will open your eyes, and then there's the other one, which is actually people see what they want to see. Um, and I think that's the argument that has been played, being played out within the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, o- overall, this felt like a kind of filler episode almost. It piggybacks off of the previous episode's idea of seeing what you want to see or, or believing what you want to believe mm. a little bit, but it doesn't even come close to no. touching that idea from the no. previous episode. The characters don't really further themselves, Scully and Mulder. It kind of highlights again uh, Mulder's sister, who we haven't forgotten about and is quite apparent in our histories. Um, I know you've got some points to say about the, the religious aspect of it. Mm. I really do feel, and I know we've said it a couple of times, it feels like a, a cheap TV murder mystery, maybe murder hero. It feels yeah. like that kind of aesthetic about it. Mm. Whereas the mystery gets solved, nobody's changed, nothing's really changed at all, and everybody yeah. just goes back to their day-to-day business, and that's it. Yeah. Yes, I, I gave this episode two out of five. Yeah, that's exactly what I give it. Two out of five. It's just... I do think there is a decent argument to be had in the episode. I think it presents two different kind of arguments, but I just don't think it argues them particularly well. I think it does it in such a way that a lot of the characters' behaviour, some of the things that certain characters say, just rings false for those characters, you know? You're putting words into Scully's mouth that I don't feel like she should say, and then you're getting someone like Samuel, who's painted as this very caring individual, a healer. And then he, he, and then he kind of, yeah, in the prison cell, we pointed out, you know, he suddenly he goes all sinister, and it's like I, I'm not buying that he would say mm. that. Um, so I just, and then you got stupid things like the, the sheriff hiring those two guys to go in the cell and beat him to death, and it's like, really, you. You honestly thought you wouldn't get caught? It's like the dumbest plan ever. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just not very well written. It's not not well handled at all. Um, weighty themes just kind of lose any real meaning because it's, it, it's just sloppy. It's really mm. sloppily done. So two out of five from me. Okay, Brian, so tell us a bit about the next episode, which is uh, episode 19, Shapes. Yeah, uh, a werewolf episode. (laughs) I love a good monster episode. Uh, Uh, um, I, I seem to remember a lot of Indian stuff with this one. Right, okay. Uh, And, yeah... Sometimes when you get Indian kind of mythology and folklore in American-made TV shows, it often doesn't really sit too well with me. Um, But, 
Yeah, I, I, I can't remember right a lot about it. I remember some special effects from it when you see the close-up of the werewolf's face. I remember for some reason that image sticking with me. Um, I think I... From what I remember, there's a twist in the end that you see coming a mile off. I, I could be wrong on that, but yeah, it's a bit hazy. I'm a bit hazy on this one. Uh, I don't think really it's going to be a poor episode, but I don't think it's going to be one of the best ones either. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. I, I love a, a good Monster episode, and werewolves are right up my street, so that's fantastic. Something to look forward to for me. Okay. And uh, we'll see you back here for another riveting conversation about the X Files. You've been listening to The X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one.